That is a bad hot sauce. Just wish I had some tortilla chips. <laughs> I want chips and salsa. <laughs> Which I just found out recently, that's not how Spanish people eat them. They wouldn't eat them together. They compared it to Americans eating chips and salsa as if we saw them drinking dressing ranch Mm. out of a bottle. How do they eat chips? I think with stuff, like Mm. beans and whatnot. Yeah, it's more of like a sauce for them. Like you add it to stuff like your burritos or tacos or whatever. And kind of reminds me of the way that we have Americanized our Chinese food. Oh, yes. <laughs> so like if you get Chinese here in the U.S., that's not the way that they serve it. No. If you go to China. Even fortune cookies were invented by an American man. Oh, really? Trying to pick up business at sure. his restaurant. But they were invented here in America as a way to get people to... Are you saying if I go to China, they're not going to give me a fortune cookie? It might have crossed the pond by now, but it's an American thing. How would I (laughs) eat my orange chicken without knowing my fortune? Is that what you get? I remember you used to not like Chinese food. Yes, I always get orange chicken. I get the coconut chicken or General Tso's or honey chicken. Sometimes I don't mind the General Tso's chicken. See, I never know how to pronounce it, so I've always called it the General Sows. Call it Sows. Sows Sows. Yeah, I'm sure the right way is somewhere in between. Right, or and, completely different. Yeah, and, the, and I know that the, the listener out there, our one listener out there who's listening <laughs> is probably thinking of a different way to pronounce it, and they're yelling at us, but I love orange chicken. And now I would love to have some. Coconut chicken sounds good. Yes. Some crab rangoon. Yes. Mm. Although I, I prefer the cheese cream rangoon because if you put some crab in it, not right. having any. There ain't no real crab in it. Yeah, but I don't want <laughs> the idea of there being some crab in my ragoon. Oh, okay. Is not appealing to me. Did you know that lobsters like years ago, like over a hundred years ago or so, I'm not sure exactly what time frame, but they were considered just cockroaches like bugs and stuff Mm, like that would have been food for prisoners to eat the wealthy would have it would have been disgusting Mm -hmm. to see someone chowing down on a giant lobster roach i'm like huh now it's a cuisine the last time i went out to maryland to visit Gemma, for you listening if you've not listened to some of the older seasons of foul play Gemma hoskins is my co-host for season two we continue to work together on her school teacher's unsolved murder, Sister Kathy, which was made into the documentary series, The Keepers, on Netflix. So Jimma Hoskins, who is the redhead on The Keepers, her and I have become very good friends. And as I mentioned, we've been working together on that podcast series for a very long time. There's probably, I don't know, 100 episodes or more. Oh, yeah. So the last time I went out there to Maryland, she talked me into trying this crab dip. And she knows I, I do not like seafood. I do not mind if it is the fish and chips. Oh, yeah. Because you really can't taste the fish, Breaded right? and fried. Uh, yeah. Fry and bread that fish until I can't taste the fish. Right. right? An inch of breading. Yes. <laughs> However, she talked me into tasting this crab dip. Now, she swore up and down that this is the freshest crab that you can get anywhere because we're out in Ocean City, Maryland. They just catch it. And I'm like, I just don't like seafood. So at this nice restaurant, and that waiter came around, and it looked appealing. But if you think about this, what part of nice, melty cheese 
does not look appealing. Right. So I dipped my chip into that nice melty cheese mm. and I tasted that crab and I almost spit it out of that restaurant. Oh, and I was just like, oh, what'd you do no. to me? And I was like, I'm sorry. I can't eat this. Oh, <laughs> no, I can't do it. I bet I would have loved it. I know. Mm. You probably would have, but I've had crab ragoon before that has probably imitation crab that does not taste like crab. But this definitely had a flavor to it. And I was not expecting (laughs) a crab flavor. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. That was the salmon rangoon that I tried down the street when we went to dinner that one day. That was the fishiest thing I've ever put in my mouth. (laughs) I I couldn't even chew it. I always react to food the way that grandma used to react to something not being done. If she would order like a steak or a hamburger, and if it wasn't like cooked to high heavens, burnt, yeah, she would just freak out. It's rotten. This ain't done. (laughs) This is moving. Send it back. (laughs) Lord. Yeah. So that's how I was with that stinking crab. I would have got lobster too, or I love me Mm. some. All you can eat crab legs. No, I don't do none of that seafood stuff. I don't get very creative. I like to stay <laughs> in my lane. You don't even eat tuna. No, I uh. used to absolutely hate when we grew up, when we were youngins, and you would get that tuna in a can, and you'd open that can, and then that whole tuna smell would be taking up <laughs> the whole house. The smell of that tuna in that can was absolutely horrendous. And I used to always wish that I liked tuna because you, grandma, and mom used to always like it. Oh, yeah, dad. To have it on crackers and everything. Put a little miracle. And I could never there. just stand it. And you know what I also couldn't stand? The salmon patties. <laughs> yeah, no, I always hated when you guys had salmon to those stupid patties. But I also could not stand that I did not like cottage cheese. Oh, yeah. That's because weird you to me. all loved cottage cheese and you would put peaches and sometimes you'd add a little sugar to them and you'd put any type of fruit on them and it always seemed like it was a good idea because what part of the milky cheese should i not like right yeah but as soon as it touches my tongue my body wants to throw it out oh okay and i it just i can't do it it's same way with mushrooms I love I both. cannot do a mushroom to save my life. I've got a whole pack of them in the fridge. No, no, throw it out. <laughs> throw it out. It's gone bad. That's a it fungus. never was good. It's a mold. Yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Anytime I order a pizza, I tell them no mushrooms. And my friends who like mushrooms, they have no taste, but they <laughs> always give me a hard time because I get no mushrooms on this pizza. Mm. Oh, I can't stand it, but welcome to the Shane and Josh show. <laughs> where, what we, you can tell we're hungry. <laughs> yeah, and we've not been around each other for a few days, so we, yes. we put a mic in front of us, and we have to catch up. I saw you quickly earlier today. I came to get my hair cut, and I know. had to run out. I had a quick board meeting, and I've been putting together these crime bags for CrimeCon that I'm going to next week. I think I might be leaving around the time this episode comes out. It's going to be on Wednesday of next week. But anyway, I'm going to be flying to Orlando. I'm going to have these evidence bags, these real evidence bags. It's pretty cool. I'm going to have 2,000 of them. And then I got Mystery Inc. cards in them to spread the word. Oh, yeah. About the mysteries that we're covering here. Spread it. Spread the word. 
And I also got some cards and stickers from our other shows that we do. And then at CrimeCon, I have a little table set up. And so I've been at CrimeCon every year. And so this year I'm in Orlando. And when people come up to the table, I get to meet them. And then I get to give them these evidence bags that has all of our stuff in it. That's what I've been working on today. I've been helping seniors. (laughs) (laughs) You've been doing your duty for the world. Yes. Helping the elderly. Earning my place in heaven. Yes. Grandma will be so proud. Well, that's funny because all the people at the center I'm working at now, they're all like around grandma's age. Mm. So it's all... I'm like, I know what you guys like. You want a little Debbie? <laughs> all right, let's all gather around and watch the Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other show, Grandma, we used to always watch? It was always the Golden Girls, and it was always Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yes. Every she night, loved Everybody mother. Loves Raymond. OMG. And it wasn't a bad show, but I'm like, of all that there is to watch. Yeah, it, it's definitely not up to par to the Golden Girls. Oh, you know what I've been watching, though? What? I have been watching... Hot in Cleveland. Oh, I, I've never I watched, watched it before. Yeah. yeah, so I've been watching him. I'm on like season three now. And I like it. It's really good. Oh, yeah. I read a rumor. I don't know if it's true. Maybe you know. And if you don't know, maybe our listeners can tell us. I read a rumor that Betty White was only supposed to appear on the pilot. Mm-hmm. Do you know if that's true? I believe it is. That sounds familiar. Yeah. But then after she appeared, they really wanted her to make more appearances. And so she ended up becoming a major part of the in the series. But it kind of reminded me of in the Golden Girls how Sophia was only supposed to be a, like a minor, minor character. Yeah. And then when she appeared in the pilot, they loved her character so much. They're like, we need that character as a main part on the episode. I wish that Betty White's character from Hot in Cleveland could make a guest appearance oh, on the goal. She's so funny in it. She is really good. And I remember hearing about, you know, with her being so old and when they filmed it, how much she had to go through in order to be able to do it. Oh, yeah. Because I believe she was in her 80s, 88 or something when she was filming. And that can't be easy. And she had to go through extra things in order to prepare herself. She is a class act. And so even in the very first episode, her acting is so on point and perfect. Oh, yes. And the other actresses and other actors in the series, are they're very good. Oh, yeah. But Betty is in a whole class of her own. Definitely. You know? And so she just shines so well. And I think that that is why her character does so well. So... I really enjoy the series. And of course, Cleveland isn't far from here, being that we're in northern Indiana. And I've been to Cleveland many times. So all the little tidbits that they include of Cleveland in the show, I always pick up on. Going to Canada to get prescriptions. Yes. I I watched that all like earlier this year. Mm. And then I've been watching bloopers from the show because Betty White's bloopers are just hilarious. And my favorite's the one where it's talking about her new screen name. And she was like, yeah, I made it after my bender was over. It's <laughs> bender over. And she couldn't get it out with a straight yeah. face. It was just makes my heart smile. And I guess some of her lines, she improvised. She just came up with some extra parts to them. And they ended up keeping them in the show. So that's really fun. They'd, she'd just, yeah. oh, just wing it. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really fun to know that some of her lines she just came up with and they thought that was a really good take and they wanted it. They're like, this is better. We'll keep yeah, it. Yeah, we're just going to keep that. <laughs> yeah. I, it's really fun. And I don't want to ruin the whole season, but the whole series, it's not going to do that. But 
I just think her character is so fun. And when you know a little bit about Betty White, she's just a very fun person and personality. And so I absolutely adore it. It it feels like a lot how Betty White was off camera. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I just heard a lot about her being ornery and just having the filthiest of mouths, (laughs) which I love. I think that her character in Hot in Cleveland matches her personality much better than than Rose did in The Golden Girls. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much, just mm-hmm. because you get to see her personality. And when you watch her act, it's you can just tell that's not, it doesn't take much for her to do yeah. it because it's so natural for her. She's like, this is the easiest dang job I've ever yeah. had. A tracksuit. And- <laughs> so like I said, I've been watching it and it's been really fun to see her personality shine through the character and... Yeah, I love it. And some of the stuff she gets into, I'm like, I could see grandma. Like when she gets oh, that yeah. boyfriend. I don't know if you're all yeah. up to that yet. I'm yeah. like, he reminds me of Ernie, grandma's uh-huh. boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, our grandma had a little boyfriend named Ernie. And didn't Ernie have a missing finger or something? Yeah, his right pointer finger. Yeah, it was and, like half gone or something. I don't even remember. And that's the, the one he'd pick up fish with when he'd oh, catch yeah. a fish. And I'm like, at first, it, you know, it made me nervous because I was like, <laughs> Did you lose that from a fish? Like, right. I'm not fishing in your pond, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell's in there. Fish you got. <laughs> they tasted human flesh. I ain't doing that. All right. No, not my type of fishing. <laughs> What's in this one's mouth? Oh, God. Which is funny, though, because like when I think about fishing, I would make a joke about, oh, Josh, you and fishing, but you do go fishing. I do. Yes. <laughs> He's the fisher. It's so relaxing. Sometimes I don't even put bait on the hook. I just cast it out and enjoy getting a tan by somebody of water. I'm not picky. And then you have to interact with all the straight men. The dating apps aren't working. Time to go look confused by the river <laughs> with my fishing pole. <laughs> What's this do? Oh right. my. So Josh, I posted on our Patreon last night our gifts that we sent each other. Because what we did yesterday was I sent Josh a GIF. I'm pronouncing that right. Okay. I was, a GIF. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure which. I'm not sure we're not which sh- is. Look, we're in our 30s. It's GIF. You know what we're talking about. You know what. It's a picture <laughs> image thing that has <laughs> images. But anyway, Josh and I have a little text going on. So I sent him a little clue about what my topic was going to be. And Josh sent me one back as a response. And I saved both images and I sent them in our Patreon. And I asked, who do you think sent which image? (laughs) And some of our Patreons were going back and forth guessing who sent what. One of them was it looked like a lighthouse with some type of tentacle tentacle going around it. And the other one was the man from the History Channel with the huge hair going. Ancient aliens. Yeah. Aliens is what he was, is what he was saying. Extatusticals. Yes. So, by large, the Patreon supporters suggested that they thought that Josh would be the one that sent the aliens GIF, GIF, Whatever it is. I get that. (laughs) And they thought that I was the one who would have sent the lighthouse with the tentacles. You seem more like a black and white picture kind of guy. (laughs) However, listeners, that is not the case. We are just full of shock and wonder. (laughs) We will surprise you. Well, I was trying to send something of a lighthouse, (laughs) but not too specific. Right. I was like, this is close enough. Yeah. 
No, I get it. Yeah, no, I thought it was good because I had no idea what it meant, but it was close enough to leave me wondering. That's why I love GIFs because I'll have a whole conversation through text with just GIFs. Yeah, Kim and oh. I do that all the time and most of them are very inappropriate. And it's so funny. <laughs> the one on my phone, I can't find it. You just Google it and you can get real dirty ones on there. <laughs> right. I'll send those to Kim every once in a while. Speaking of Kim, I should mention. Oh, yes. Because she's been on here before and we've talked about her having her female issues. Rest in peace. I'm yes. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Kim had her procedure for her womanly procedure. She's a woman now. No, I'm just kidding. Yay, finally. <laughs> she had her change. No. So she had her surgery. Everything went well. She's recovering. I posted a fun photo of her daughter and I waiting for Kim for her surgery when it was being done at the hospital in our uh, Patreon group. And uh, it was really fun to see people respond and be like, now Shane, be nice to her when she wakes <laughs> up. And I was like, you guys think I'm going to be mean? So I wasn't. I was She does nice. have a black eye. How'd she get that? I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. Slamming on the brakes in the car on the I way home. <laughs> but I did have her phone and I did change her Facebook. I took a picture of myself making a very... Not so good photo. I was making a face, a funeral in our room, and I put on there, I updated her profile, and I said, just got out of surgery, had my face done, what do you guys think? And everyone, all her Facebook friends just got a nice little kick out of that. So that was a fun, innocent little prank. It was nothing bad, so don't be hating. It was all good. I would have even done something funnier, like... Yeah. Had the doctor stitch me up one extra. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want it to be too bad because I knew that she would be like coming to when she would read it. And right. I wanted to, whatever. Did I write this or you? Right. Yeah. So everything went well. And when I was at the hospital, I went to get coffee. They have a little coffee shop. And they served pumpkin spice lattes. Ooh. Yes. Although, I will admit, when I first went up there, I did not see it on the list, so I got a mocha. And as the lady was giving me my mocha, I saw a little sign that said, fall menu, pumpkin spice latte, and I thought, throw this in the trash. <laughs> I did this rubbish. Get I don't rid want of it. this trash. Yeah. So I like went back to my seat, and I was like, no, I don't want this <laughs> drink. And I sipped it, and I was like, Ugh. This doesn't even taste good. It goes fine. I'm like, oh, I don't want this. So I had to hurry up and drink it so I could go back up. I did. I went to Starbucks a week or so ago, and I tried. Did you their, try one? Hell no. <laughs> I got the apple oat milk latte that they have at Starbucks. I don't do pumpkin. Why would you waste your... <laughs> Listen, I am a... A strict believer that apple is the superior flavor of fall versus no, pumpkin. It is pumpkin. Pumpkins to me are decoration. I heard that there is pumpkin spice. Everything. Oh, no. But hold on. At Wendy's, there's a pumpkin spice frosty. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I need to try it. There's not a Wendy's. Here. Oh, yeah, there is yeah, a there Wendy's. Is. Here. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I, I love a frosty. Yes. I'm going to have to try this one. Boy, we got to eat next time before we, we keep so Kim is good, but a Frosty, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. we were talking about Kim. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's fine. But this new Frosty. No, Josh, listen. So on the way to the hospital, or excuse me, the night before, we were all staying in a hotel room next to the hospital in Indianapolis. So we're driving out there, and Kim's mom calls 
to to make sure we're oh, all heading God. there. And for you listening, yes, Kim's mom's still alive. Kim's old, but she's not that old. Don't be mean. Anyway. So anyway. So Kim's mom calls us and she's on speakerphone in the car. And she said, Now Shane, when Kim gets out of surgery, you better make sure that you let me know how she is. And I said, Don't worry, Kim's mom. I will let you know. But just so you know, if she dies, I'm just going to send you a text that just says she dead. And, I'm just, <laughs> and then I'll just turn my phone off. She dead. She dead. Turn my phone off. She gone. And, yeah. And her mom pauses and goes, dear God, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> she don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> and then so so she's I hope you guys have a good drive and a good time at the motel. Now, she's at that age, right? That she just calls everything a motel. Oh, which yeah. is We ain't staying at no motel. No. Let's see. I am. Uh, <clears throat> I don't stay at motels. Mm-mm. Unless so that's I, like the only option. Even yeah, then the cars. Exactly. I'm not about to be itching. And so I said, Kim's mom, we're not staying in a motel. We're staying at a hotel. And she's, she said, motel, hotel, what are you? A homo? So she didn't capture that ho for hotel and mo for motel put together says homo homo. and so kim me and kim's daughter just cracks up laughing because her mom had no idea that she just said homo right you know so it was just so funny and it was so lovely because sometimes when older people say something they don't know what they just said Mm -hmm. and so we're just why are y'all laughing (laughs) yeah yeah. so we're like oh you just said homo (laughs) a little queer yeah so anyway, sometimes we get sidetracked. So oh, yes, podcast all to mystery. Go, yes, all <laughs> to say that our Patreon supporters thought that Josh had my topic and I had his topic, which isn't the case. And my topic is about aliens, and Josh's topic is either about mysterious lighthouse. A myster- yes, or my other thought was it could be about tentacles coming up out of the ocean. One of one of the others. Kinda. One I mean, of the it's, other. It's mentioned. There you go. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? I will. Okay. Go ahead and tell me your mystery. Let me get situated here. Now I have known my fair share of sailors. I've been under more of them than a nautical toilet. <laughs> Just kidding. They're all bottoms. But I do know about something all sailors use, and that is lighthouses. I've seen every lighthouse along Lake Michigan through the state of Michigan and a few along the Atlantic coast now. There's just something about a huge shaft of a building sticking out and standing loud and proud that I just am a little obsessed (laughs) with. Not to mention Grandma's bathroom was done in lighthouses and that dolphin shower curtain for the bigger part of our childhoods. We looked at a lighthouse every time we stood to pee until I dusted it one day and it fell and broke her toilet. <laughs> I've never been so afraid of grandma than when I broke her toilet. Right. You shouldn't have had the lighthouse there. My mystery today is another tragic lighthouse incident besides the toilet. And it remains shrouded in a fog of mystery to this day. Tell me more. Bum bum. <laughs> The Flannan Isles are a small group of islands located around 20 miles off the coast of Scotland, home of the most attractive of accents that a man can have, at least in my opinion. (laughs) Shortly before 1900, a lighthouse was built on one of the largest of the isles. 
Suppose for a second that you don't know much about lighthouses, especially the older ones. I am sure newer ones are more automated, but the old ones required a lot of manual work, upkeep, and basically 24-7 monitoring, like my ex. (laughs) The men who worked on them would often work for extended periods of time, alone, isolated, and I'm guessing bored. If they were lucky, they would have one or possibly two other men with them to help carry the burden. They would get all hot and sweaty, taking shifts to man the light and grease the wheel. But have you ever seen a shower in a lighthouse? No. I bet it smelled like a newly opened can of cat food inside. Luckily for their boredom, but sadly for their existence, the three men who went to work at the Flannan Isles lighthouse disappeared and were never seen again. And no... It wasn't me at that time. (laughs) The three men were named James Ducat, who was 43, Donald MacArthur, who was 40, and Thomas Marshall, who was 28. There was one extra man who was rotated from the shore to the lighthouse, but I could not find his name or age anywhere. So that could just be a myth. They all reported for duty on the island to work their long shift. I also could not find out how long their shift was, but it could have been anywhere from a few weeks to a few months. The waters around the Isles are notorious for being stormy, and it was a difficult trek to bring in keepers that often, so they would have to stay there for God knows how long. Oh, yeah. There was a cute little steam engine on the island that was used to bring supplies up from the ships. I'm thinking like a toy, like one at an amusement park for kids, Mm -hmm. like a little one. And it would be used to carry barrels and food up to the lighthouse. Now, it is uncertain exactly what happened to the men or when they disappeared. The first sign that something was amiss was on December 15th, 1900, when a ship called the Arctur was returning from Philadelphia back to Leith. As they passed the aisles, the captain noticed that the usual bright light shining from the lighthouse was nowhere to be seen. The ship was on a schedule and was really too big to go and investigate, so they continued sailing for three days until they docked and laid on December the 18th and notified the Northern Lighthouse Board that the light was out. Two days later, on the 20th, A vessel attempted to go to the Isles, but was unable to because of bad weather. See why they had such long shifts. Even the rescue boat couldn't make it half the time. But finally at noon on December the 26th, a rescue boat managed to make it to the Isle. The ship's captain, Jim Harvey, sounded his horn and sent up a flare in hope of alerting the lighthouse keepers. But there was no reply. One man from the relief vessel took a dinghy, I love that word, and went to the shore alone. He found the gate at the entrance and main door of the compound to be closed. He then climbed the 160 steps up to the lighthouse where he discovered that the beds were left unmade. The clock in the kitchen wall had stopped. The table was set for a meal that remained uneaten and a chair had been toppled over. The only sign of life was a single canary in a cage. Hmm. I didn't know that canary and a bird was a thing in lighthouses, but I can see with all the man 
fumes and just the oils and everything else that they use to keep the light going. But I can see the air getting pretty toxic. Oh, yeah. Our ancestors used to do that down in the coal mines. Right. That man then returned to the rescue boat with the news. Two more men then went ashore to look. They discovered that the lamps had been cleaned and refilled and found a set of oil skins, suggesting that one of the keepers had left the lighthouse without them. Those are like waterproof pants. I had to look that up because I was like, I've heard of lamb skins, but I've never heard of oil skins. The lighthouse's log was in order and did record poor weather conditions. While entries about wind speed at 9 a.m. on the 15th of December were written on the slate and ready to be entered. Mm. Aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) By the 29th of December, an official investigation had been issued, a whole two weeks after the men disappeared, and in 1900. I have a feeling that the investigation was probably as useless as a screen door on a submarine. (laughs) Southern catchphrase of the day. The findings from the investigation were pretty straightforward. They looked at the men's clothing that was left in the lighthouse. And based on what was left, they simply concluded that two of the men, Marshall and Ducat, had gone down to the western landing to secure supplies during a bad storm. And then they and the equipment were swept away by the severe storm. Then the third man, MacArthur, must have seen them and ran to help out in a panic and only his shirt. And that's why the oil skins were left in the lighthouse. Mm. They believe that when he went to go help them, he was just cast out to sea like the other two men. Although I would have, I'm a yeller. I would have opened the door. <laughs> you all right? Okay. <laughs> Lock. Right. I'm going to miss you, girl. <laughs> I'll let them know what happened. Yeah. We'll never forget you. What was his name again? I never did remember. That's my weakness. I can't remember names to save my life. I can't either. So everything about the lighthouse was all ruled an accident, and the case was officially closed. The cause of death and disappearance was labeled as only bad weather. The end. Or is it? (laughs) Now I'm just going to throw my conspiracy out first because I think it's the most accurate one. Sirens. It was Sirens who sang and lured the men down to their watery graves. That's all, you know. Yeah, Sirens. I did. I was a little slap happy last night when I was finishing this. And (laughs) I love to make little commercials in my head, even with everyday objects. This just quickly, all this ran through my head as soon as I was like, this is Sirens. Clearly, black (laughs) and white, this is Sirens. Are you tired of your husband but don't want to get your hands dirty? Come to Sirens. You will have a magical weekend getaway on a luxury island. Then, on your final night, you will be treated to a gorgeous candlelit dinner on the beach, followed by a choir of our fiercest Siren sisters. As your husband walks to his watery demise, your new life can begin. No refunds. Sirens. Come get wet. (laughs) Sirens. (laughs) It reminds me of that tropical getaway that they... It's oh, a, yeah. It's a dirty place, but it's in Indianapolis. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember the name of it. Sybaris. Sybaris. Makes like, me think getaway. I thought about Sybaris. that exactly, and then that after dark. Yeah. <laughs> Siren. After dark. That's a very well-known 
adult store. Adult store. Yeah. I do go to Sibiris. it because I hate ordering stuff online. It's always a lot bigger when you get it. <laughs> you like get a package and you're like, surely to God, that can't be it. And you open it and you're like, what did I do? Have you ever been to the truck stop ones? No, those are where like. Uh, Some weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had a man want to take me and walk me around <laughs> on a leash to one one time. I'm like, I am open and I don't keep shame, but I'm not putting my hands on that floor. No, <laughs> listen. So several years ago, right? <clears throat> several years ago, listeners, no judging. Several years ago, a few of my friends and I were driving through different states going on a little trip and we kept passing these these adult stores along the interstate and so we passed another one and they wanted to stop so we stopped at one now it felt like it was in a large like strip mall of some kind yeah they're always just huge yeah however it was in a big building but there was only it was the only thing in the building it's like a huge warehouse looking building but it was the only thing in the middle of the building and you pull out, like you pull into the back of it, and there was a bunch of semis parked there. I bet there we were, was. Yeah, there we were the <laughs> only car that was parked there. So we pull in, right? We go inside, and as soon as we open the door, there is this bleach smell. That's a good thing. Yeah, at least there's cleaning going on. So we walk in, and I remember there was this long hallway. We walk in, and we're all pretty young pretty young and dumb old so enough but still yeah, we're old enough to be there like, but there, there's like signs everywhere that says you have to be 21 and older i remember that so anyway so we're walking in and as we around the corner you see all of these blow-up dolls oh god but there were also blow-up animals oh gee i've seen sheep and there pigs. was yeah there were sheep pigs there was a huge huge pig and there was a huge blow-up cow and just imagine a trucker with a freaking huge blow oh my gosh i know it it was humongous right that's old bessie she does me right yeah (laughs) yeah and i remember one of my friends was like oh my god why do they have these what are these blow-up animals for and i was like look at the mouth there's these holes all over it what what do you think it's for and so like we look around the room and we're like low-key judging everyone that's in there but also not trying to judge people but we're also young this is the first time we've ever been in a store like this trying not to giggle yeah, so we're looking around. Is that we're, a rubber fist? <laughs> so we get to the back of the room, right? And there is a wall of like movie titles. Oh, God. And they have little numbers. And from the other side of the room, the guy who was working the front desk yells towards us. And he said, if you guys pick a title, just let me know and I'll give you a room. And we're like, WTF is uh, he talking have, about? They have little spank bank room yes that's what it was Mm -hmm. you pick a title and i guess he would play it in that room in the little yeah listen not every semi has a dvd (laughs) player (laughs) (laughs) and i guess i and we assume that the chlorine was the cleanup you know Mm -hmm. but this is what i thought this was weird and all this stuff and we didn't buy anything we thought that was very odd and weird and we just left no judgment if anyone ever goes to something like that everyone to themselves so anyway so we leave but if you remember here recently peewee herman died the the guy who got arrested no he died oh no i know yeah a long time ago he got caught 
at one of these places. Mm-hmm. He was at a film. It was at movie theater. Yeah. And he supposedly got caught with his hand down his pants. They apparently. did have a yeah. unofficially, um, and they would sometimes they would just be set up by police as a way to sure. uh, capture and arrest gay men. Yeah. But, and he swore up and down that he didn't do anything and there was no evidence of anything like that and that he was completely innocent and all that stuff. And everyone basically canceled him at the time because mm-hmm. of it, which now no one would right. really even care. But I, I just, when he died, I just thought back to the time when I went to one of those truck stop places and I saw that that guy <laughs> offered me a room. You I want just a thought, room? Oh my God, would I get canceled if someone had a picture of me looking at those oh my. with my friends? Oh my gosh, what would happen? Because it is. Through it's always like podcast word for sexual word. deviant. But I'm I, the good one. But it just had me thinking. So I don't go to those. A little tasty treat like me. <laughs> they wouldn't let you leave. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> no, I've had a few men on the apps to ask me, and they say it in such like a like it, it's a respectable thing. I want to take you to the truck stop <laughs> video store and tie you up. And, oh, yeah. and I'm like, I, sir, am a lady. I am the queen. I will do England. that in a comfortable, nice house with a bed. With air conditioning? Yes. I'm 33 almost. And God, that was the sound like Donald Duck. 33? <laughs> I am almost 33 and I deserve a bed. <laughs> or at least a comfy armoire when we had first walked into the place it had smelled like chlorine and we thought oh my god they have a pool oh god (laughs) no it was not a pool well bless them let me finish (laughs) i saw your i'm like don't read yet i ain't done (laughs) other speculations are that a giant sea monster devoured them in that enemy spies captured them or that they arranged for a boat to get them and they all left to start new lives which was really probably not possible because you didn't make a lot of money being a lighthouse keeper. Right. Like the slum work. A lot of ugly guys. I'm I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. I'm just guessing. You go work alone by yourself for a long time. You're probably not a, a good looking man. Not that's all that matters. Just to me. If you've ever seen the movie The Lighthouse, it could have been also a mental breakdown, which I by the way, would not recommend that movie. <laughs> Save yourself the two and a half hours of R. Patterson looking solemn and losing his mind. <laughs> Ugh. And that's the reason we don't let my friend's husband pick the movies anymore. <laughs> and before I end, I would like to first thank our Patreon supporters for all of your contributions to us here at Mystery Inc. You guys help make all of this possible, and I look at you all as Mystery Inc. Shooter, as... <laughs> Shitter. Shitter. And I look at all of you as Mystery Inc. Sugar Daddies and Mamas. <laughs> a special thank you, Jesus. Shout out to Jen H., Chelsea S., Leslie S., and Tony B. And I will do my Bless Your Heart segment after you do your mystery. The weather is cooling down and my hibernation instinct is starting to kick in. That means fall is within reach. Also, my diet is changing from nice and cool foods and I am hungry for something more wholesome and ready-made so I can return to my blanket fort a little quicker. 
And Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, is here to help. Their fast, chef-prepared, dietitian-approved ready-to-eat meals are delivered right to your door. And they are certainly no mystery. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Factor's meals help me to add some variety to my fall menu and stick to my healthy habits. Pick from more than 34 weekly flavor-packed and don't forget dietitian-approved meals that only take two minutes or less to heat up. If you have an affinity towards sweets like I do, Factor can help keep your diet wholesome and healthy. So you don't feel bad for splurging on your favorite fall sweets. Balance. Their Protein Plus meals have 30 or more grams of protein per serving. And this September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Just choose your meals and Factor will do the rest. All you have to do is grab it from your front door, heat, and eat. It doesn't get any easier than that. Head to factormeals.com slash mystery50 and use code mystery50 to get 50% off. That's code mystery50 at factormeals.com slash mystery50 to get 50% off. Okay, Josh. So, back in June, specifically on June 26th. Oh, a recent. Yes. Did you watch or did you hear about the congressional hearing on aliens? Yes. Yeah, where that whistleblower. Yeah. Did you watch it? No, but I. Okay. So, I'm going to go over what happened. And so, I watched the whole thing. It was several hours. If you didn't watch it, I don't blame you. A lot of people don't have the time for it. I got the spark notes first. But... (laughs) So listen, I started watching it, right? Because I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. It's probably some hocus pocus dude. Right. Who is just trying to look for five seconds of fame. Whatever. The guy with his hair on the Whatever. No judgment. So I just thought, I'm just going to put it on and see what these people say. And. Hulk them. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, whatever. So I put it on and I remember I was just had it on the on in the background and I was just going to be cleaning up my kitchen. So I have it on the background in my house, cleaning the kitchen, and they start talking. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched a congressional hearing, but normally the lawmakers, you always have the Republicans, the Democrats, and sometimes you have an independent who normally is siding with the Democrats. Mm -hmm. But you always have them arguing, and they go back and forth asking questions, and it's always very one-sided. The Republicans are always against the Democrats. Well, so how it's always, would God feel about yeah, this? It's, it's always hard to listen to and watch, and they're always trying to basically help. Like, their questioning is always arranged to help their side of how they want people to see an issue. Right. And I noticed immediately when the whole hearing started, there was no sides. Oh. Everyone. That never happened. I know. It was absolutely bizarre. I was like, do I have this on the right thing? <laughs> is this America? Yeah, like, what is going on here? There was no sides. It almost seems like there was no party. Everyone was just there to do their job. And everyone was getting along and asking questions. And they were all basically on the same side. 
everyone on this committee. Has that ever happened before? I mean, not for as long as <laughs> I've watched these things. So it was very bizarre just to start off. And I thought that was very interesting. So that immediately got my attention. So I immediately walked over to the TV and turned the volume up because I was like, this seems very interesting, <laughs> you know, because I thought in my head before it was going to come on that one of the parties was going to deny deny it and the other party was going to ask questions to get people to believe it a little bit or there would be extremists who would try to get people to believe it and then there would be the other people who try to disclaim it or try to get people to not believe it so i thought that was going to be the way that this would go but it was definitely not they were all on the same page and it was very bizarre so anyway so the whole thing starts and as i mentioned it was a congressional subcommittee and normally these people are butting heads with each other, yelling at each other. They do not get along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like these are people who were at this moment for this hearing, getting along, asking good questions. So it happens, as I said, June 26th this year, just a few months ago. Just so you know, guys, six days after my birthday. 34, baby. Right. So they all got together to hear testimony from several military officers who said that the U.S. government is concealing evidence of UFOs, which is something that I really wanted to watch because I was like, let's hear it. What kind of evidence do you have? Do you have, oh, I heard, because that's what I thought they were going to present. Jane told John and John told me that his uncle Sam told him. I saw Billy Bob in the field the other day. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was going to be the way that this was going to be rolling. So just a little side note, they call UFOs during this committee. And of course, UFOs are known as unidentified flying objects. So they call the UFOs during this whole thing UAPs, which stands for unidentified something that starts with an A. I can't remember off the top of my head. A phenomenon, which to me, I thought was a little weird because I was like, We've been calling these UFOs for so long. Why change it now? I think because UFO doesn't necessarily mean that it's from outer space. It's just mm-hmm. an air aircraft that we don't know about. But I think that one's more, oh, this is something from off planet. I would disagree because the way that they were, maybe the way they were portraying them was that word, the UAPs was being used as UFOs. Okay. It was an unidentified object, but maybe that was the case. I just didn't capture that, but they didn't use the word UFO. They were using UAP the way that during the hearing that I perceived, the way that I perceived it, they didn't use UFO. In my opinion, they did not state this or anything like that. Maybe because of the stigma behind the word UFO. Right. You hear so, it kind of tone out sometimes. Yeah. So I think that's that might be why the UAPs started being used. But for simplicity, I'm going to still say UFO because that's been a term that we've used for so long. Yeah. That I think that we don't need a second term, in my opinion. So I'm going to continue to say UFO just for simplicity purposes. So the whole reason the subcommittee held the hearing, they wanted to understand what these UAPs are and if they pose a threat to national security. Okay. So as I mentioned, that's going to be the last time I call them UAPs. I'm going to start calling them UFOs. 
So Josh, I started asking myself as the hearing started, how did this whole thing come about? Why is there a hearing in the house, the U S house of representatives about UFOs? Like how bizarre, right? How did it get to this point? Who let them in? Yeah. So this is what I found out. It all started in 2017 when three videos were leaked to the New York times. They are specifically from the U S Navy and the New York times reported on a very shady program that was being ran by the Pentagon. The article reported that in the 600 billion annual defense budget, $22 million was spent on a program called the quote advanced aerospace threat identification program. Lord, the military spends more than that on Viagra every year. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) But this money was really hidden in their spend budget. So it was really hard for people to find this program and where that money was going to. And it was really done on purpose. They didn't want anyone to find out about this program. Maybe that's why it's called UAP, because no one's going to look that up. Yeah, if they would use the word UFO, people would know exactly what it was. For years, this program had been investigating reports of UFOs from the fifth floor of the Pentagon's C-Ring. Never before has the Defense Department acknowledged such a program until then. And they say that they shut it down in 2012. Allegedly. Allegedly. Just went in a cave somewhere Mm, underground. Isn't it funny how a program they'll always deny until people found out about it. And then they're like, but okay, look, it existed, but we shut it down. Right. We ain't got that no more. Yeah. So no, it doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. And then there's proof it exists. And they're like, all right, fine. But we shut it down. It ain't in a a, (laughs) a network of caves under a mountain somewhere. (laughs) But people with knowledge about the program, they say that it still exists, that it's still alive and well, but the way that they're doing the funding for the program is that it's not being directly funded, so that there's no direct funneling of the money. That way you can't trace it back to a specific funding. Shady. Yes. Yeah, I know for a fact it's still going on because if the U.S. government, they don't care for other countries. And (laughs) you'd think they're not going to worry about outer space visitors. Heck no. They're studying and making weapons. Yeah. Large parts of the program remain classified to this day. But what we do know is that it began in 2007 and it was funded mainly at the request of Harry Reid. Now, for those of you who don't know, Harry Reid was the Nevada Democrat who was the Senate Majority Leader at that time in 2007. Today, Chuck Schumer has that position, the Senate Majority Leader. Most of the money went to an aerospace research company ran by billionaire entrepreneur Robert Bigelow. Already shady. Yeah, I know. The name sounds shady, doesn't it? Robert Bigelow. A billionaire entrepreneur. Yeah. This guy is currently working with NASA to produce expandable, excuse me, expendable. Look, I don't know if it's expandable or expendable. (laughs) I wrote it down both ways. So it's, it could be either, honestly. I've got pants like that. (laughs) (laughs) But he's working on crafts for humans to use in space. Robert has said in interviews that he is absolutely convinced that aliens exist and that UFOs have visited Earth, which is very interesting because he's worked on this program for so long. So it's interesting that he would believe that. Right. 
I believe that as well. Right. So Robert's private company and this program at the Pentagon explained instances and documents of sightings of aircrafts that seemed to move at a very high velocity with no signs of propulsion and that hovered with no means of lift. So in basic terms, that's completely impossible Mm -hmm. in what humans are, are capable of. Right. So folks in the program also studied videos of encounters between UFOs and American military aircraft, including one released in August known as the Tic Tac incident. Now, not TikTok, but <laughs> Tic Tac. I will say, a little side note, when, when they started saying Tic Tac during the hearing, I thought, oh my gosh, these old people... <sighs> Don't it's know how to pronounce. No. Yeah, because like when you, I don't know if you have, if you watch the social media hearings, but they kept mispronouncing social media terms and like how Lord. things work. So I thought at first they were talking about TikTok, but it's not. It's the TikTok incident. See, now I feel like they're not doing very good work because they can't even pronounce, you know, humans technology and they, they expect to learn <laughs> alien, please. So this is what happened for the TikTok incident. The UFO was white, and it had an oval shape. It was about the size of a commercial plane. It was being chased by two Navy F-A-18F fighter jets. I think I said that right. Look, I'm not in the Navy. It sounds, it sounds menacing. Right. Yeah, fighter jets, okay. From the aircraft carrier Nimitz off the coast of San Diego, California. And this was in 2004. So there's a video of the object that was released and I will post the video on our Patreon. But it's very interesting because you can, you see the object. It's very real. It's not obscure. It's really interesting. And you can see the way that it moves. It's a pretty good video. As a little side note, one of the pilots in one of the fighter jets, there were four pilots out there. One of them was at the hearing. And so he spoke about what he saw that day. So the next timeline was in June of 2021. And again, we're looking at the events that took place that led up to this hearing. Okay. June of 2021, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence released a report on the phenomena. Of course, because after the New York Times released this program, shared that this program was at the Pentagon, now this director is releasing a report about what's happening. And then a few months later in November of that year, again, 2021, a new Pentagon group was created and their objective was to detect and identify objects that were in restricted airspace. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't know where they were when that little Chinese air balloon Mm -hmm. was hopping around all over the U.S., but that's neither here nor there. It goes by a different name now. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, they're not doing very good at their job. But anyway, then we get to May of 2022. A House Intelligence Subcommittee held the first congressional hearing, and this committee was looking at military personnel reporting sites of UFOs. Officials noted that on 18 different occasions, aerial objects had moved at considerable speed without visible means of propulsion. Again, an impossibility for what we know that humans are capable of. Mm -hmm. Currently. Yes. There were no records of military documents of wreckages. The subcommittee decided that there wasn't enough evidence to claim 
that these UFOs are extraterrestrial. But you also have to remember that there's no documents because if there were, they would be too classified. Mm-hmm. So that's have just all those black lines across every word. <laughs> right. So then in June of 2022, NASA pulls together a panel to have its first public hearing in May for May of this year. The panel's purpose is to help NASA advise intelligence agencies and the Department of Defense on how to deal with mysterious sightings. The panel is considering 800 sightings from a period of 27 years, and they get about 50 to 100 new reports that come in each month. The result from this was that the Department of Defense said that only 2 to 5% of those sightings couldn't be explained, so the meeting drew no conclusion. Which to me, two to five percent cannot be explained is still a lot. Yeah. Like, why can't you explain that? That's still a lot of non explaining. Then, shady. Yeah, I know. Like, they're like, oh, nothing's happening here. Two to five percent of these we can't explain, but everything else we can explain. That's That's like getting a 98% on your test. Oh, I didn't know 2% of the answers, (laughs) but I knew everything else. It's like a brain surgeon missing 2 to 5% of his (laughs) test. And he's like, okay, I can go ahead and do your brain surgery. And you're like, no, dude. Right. That ain't it. (laughs) Kim's attractive doctor didn't. So after all of that is what led up to the U.S. House subcommittee hearing. Okay. Congress has been getting frustrated with the lack of transparency over UFO sightings. I would be too. We all are. Let let us know. We won't panic. Yeah. So Congress has been using its oversight and accountability role to try to find out answers. At this hearing that I was watching from my house while I was trying to clean up my kitchen, there were three witnesses there. All three were ex-military officers, and they gave sworn testimony to Congress. The first of the witnesses was, you all know, I'm not very good with names, was David Fravor? Favor? Fravor? Sure. Yeah, and we're going to go with that. Bravier. Probably Fravor. So David was a commander in the U.S. Navy in 2004. He was stationed on USS Nimitz. He and another pilot saw an object behaving irregularly. They recorded what happened and a video of the encounter was released by the Department of Defense in 2017. And again, this is that Tic Tac video. Okay. And so we'll have that on our Patreon for our listeners to be able to watch. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, it's very interesting. And again, he was one of four people who were on those planes who saw what happened. So he testified that the technology he witnessed that day was far superior to anything humans are capable of. He described objects with no visible means of propulsion, carrying out sudden maneuvers that no known technology could achieve. And this is a quote that I got from him. What concerns me is that there is no oversight from our elected officials on anything associated with our government possessing or working on craft that we believe are not of this world. Now, the second witness is Ryan Graves. Ryan is an F-18 pilot, and he had been for over a decade. He stated that while stationed at Virginia Beach in 2014, 
UFO sightings were so frequent among his crew that they were part of daily briefs. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I know. Jesus. Jesus. He talked about his own experience when two jets had to take evasive action when they encountered a UFO. He described it as a dark gray cube inside a clear spear. So it's not the typical flying saucer. Graves founded Americans for Safe Aerospace to create a center of support and education for aircrew affected by UFO encounters. He testified that the group has 5,000 members and has taken information from 30 witnesses. Most of them are commercial pilots at major airlines. He alleged that all UFO videos since 2021 are classified by the Pentagon as secret or higher. And Graves also said that 5% of UFO sightings by military and commercial pilots are reported by the pilots that spot them. Didn't know all that. This is a quote that I got from him. If everyone could see the sensor and video data that I have, there is no doubt that UFOs would be a top priority for our defense, intelligence, and scientific communities. What I, I think is funny about when they're like, we need better defense against them. I'm like, we don't even know how the suckers are flying. <laughs> you think right. our weapons are going to do anything to them? Bless our hearts. Right. The real breathtaking moment, Josh, came when the third person started speaking. His name is David Grush. David is an Air Force intelligence officer. He retired with the rank of major. So he had a high-level security clearance, which allowed him to see reports that are unknown to the public. He sought whistleblower protection, claiming that the U.S. government was operating with secrecy and above congressional oversight with regards to UFOs. He even claimed that crashed UFOs have produced non-human biological material. Kinky. And it was very interesting because a congresswoman asked him, are you aware of them ever finding non-human remains from an aircraft? And he was like, yes, there have been extraterrestrial entity body DNA stuff. And she's just like, okay. So it was just a very interesting moment. And I remember I was loading my dishwasher at that time. And I was like, he said, what? He's aware of what? Yeah. Because you have to remember that, He had a clearance that was very high, Mm -hmm. and that was very interesting because he would talk about some things, and then they would ask him some questions, and he could answer most of them, but sometimes they would ask him a question, and he couldn't answer fully because he would get into something that was too classified. Oh, yeah. And he would say, I can't answer that in a public setting, but I can answer that in private. And so it was very evident that after this whole public hearing they were then going to go away into a private hearing okay and they would take him away and ask him private questions so that they could talk about the secret things but ray say give me 30 minutes in a room with him alone i'll get him to spill (laughs) right and i'll know a secret so it was very very interesting now i will say that the pentagon had denied the claim that there was ever non-human biological material ever collected from a crash site. Why wouldn't they? They deny everything. Well, man, that's crazy. We didn't do that. They also deny that that program, that shady program ever existed too. Isn't that weird? 
So he also said that he suffered retaliation after reporting this information to his superiors and to multiple inspector generals. Not a spanking. And so this is a quote that I got from him. I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade UAP, again, I'm going to say that's a UFO word, crashed retrieval and reverse engineering program to which I was denied access. So he felt like he should have access to these things. And then he learned about that program and he would be denied access to it. And he felt like he should have access to it because of his role. Right. And he would be denied access to it. And so that's why he was reporting it to his superiors because he felt like he should have access and they were denying it. And of course, the Pentagon had denied the existence of such a program now or in the past. So they dispute everything that he talks about. He lying. Yes. And I will go into a little bit more detail because I was really curious about how their private conversation went with him. If you know what all they could get from him when they talked to him in secret. So I'm going to talk about that in our unmasked episode. Okay. Yes. But before we go on to that, I know that you have your little segment. And before you do that, I will tell you that we have two new reviews I wanted to share. Oh, good. The first one is from maybe Ashton or probably Ashton. Probably how you pronounce the name Ashton B. And this is what Ashton B says. The content is so good. I also really enjoy the openness and the humor you two bring and the personal stories. Oh, thank you. Yes, that was very nice. Finally, someone else thinks I'm funny besides myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure we laugh more. <laughs> I'm sure we still laugh more. All right. So the second review comes from Shani Liz. Shani Liz. And Shani Liz says, I recently came across the show and I am so glad that I did. I am a podcast voice snob and will bail when the voices are bad. Both brothers sound unique and have great banter between them that is unscripted and honest. And get this, Josh, I swear I didn't add this part. I particularly love Shane's soothing tone. Highly recommend you take a listen. Soothing. Mm. It does. His voice has put me to sleep more times than I can remember. <laughs> that is so rude, John. We shared a room for all those years. I'd be like, <laughs> Shane, tell me a story. Five minutes later. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, Josh, go ahead. All righty. Well, don't think I forgot about Bless Your Heart. Today it comes from Indonesia. With the worsening plastic pollution crisis, it has led a young man named Sam. Benchenajib, to start a Sunjai Watch, an environmental organization dedicated to keeping Indonesia's waterways clean by installing river barriers to prevent plastic and other trash from entering the ocean. I've seen a lot of these in videos, and they've been very helpful in keeping Mm. trash from all the rivers and everywhere from washing into the ocean. The one I saw, they... It was there for a week, and when they took it out and cleaned it up, they had 37 dump trucks full of garbage that was collected from just one. But an average of 4,400 pounds of plastic waste per week can lead into the oceans from just a single village in Indonesia. 
proper management of plastic waste is lacking in coastal communities all throughout the country, and it is the number two contributor to the ocean plastic crisis, pushing the government to vow $1 billion to cut 70% of its marine plastic waste by 2025. With two of his siblings, Binchajib started at the Sungai Watch in October of 2020. They did experience many setbacks throughout the almost three years of building the watch and from the technology and equipment used in their barriers to staff shortages and learning how to scale the project. He says that they are still learning new things every day and continually improve their process. The watch has successfully cleaned several of Indonesia's most polluted rivers and revived mangrove ecosystems that have been damaged because of plastic pollution. So far, over 2.6 million pounds of plastic waste have been collected from the river systems and bodies of water, thanks to young Sam. A little quote from him says, Some of our success stories include seeing fish populations return to what were once extremely polluted waterways, and the reviving mangrove forest after removing layers and layers of plastic that were being suffocated. To young Sam, I say, bless your heart for cleaning up the rivers. I love that. Yeah, that was so nice. It's nice to see, even here in Indiana, they've been doing a lot for the environment. Growing up here, we never saw bald eagles, but they've been coming back to Indiana. They're everywhere now. We have one down by the river I watch sometimes on my lunch, and eagles will only come if the air is clean enough for them to survive. Mm. And then even in our own rivers, we never had river otters in our rivers growing up. But now they're starting to come back to Indiana. Yeah, so keep, keep your eyes out, Shane, for little otters. <laughs> My first thought would be like, oh, it's a gross muskrat or a beaver. <laughs> right. But I love little otters. So I'm, I'm excited to one day see an otter. But my luck, I'll see it. And then an eagle will swoop <laughs> in. And, oh, God. Right. It's nature. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh. But that is my bless your heart for today. And That's really good. I have one extra conspiracy theory to share on Unmasked with everybody. All right. Come join us over on Unmasked for some extra stories and a little fun. And don't forget to join us on Patreon. Yeah. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye.